You're listening to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington podcast. Take a moment to center yourself in this space and enjoy this week's sermon. Our reading is from the Buddhist teacher, Lama Rod Owen, author of Love and Rage and co-author of Radical Dharma. His writing focuses on both the black Buddhist experience and how Buddhism can dismantle oppression for all. This excerpt is from a sermon on love and anger. He writes, I took a lot of work for me to connect to the experience of anger. Everyone has been conditioned to relate to their anger in very different ways. As a black man, I was conditioned to believe my anger was dangerous. If I channeled anger and expressed anger, then I would be punished. I would be killed. I would be put in jail. I would be silenced. I would be erased. To protect myself from my dangerous anger, I learned to bury it and distance myself from it. When I buried it, it became passive aggression. It also fed into my experience of depression because the muffled anger made the depression seem heavier and immobile. Some of us have been conditioned to believe that we're good, good, so we don't get angry, or that's not ladylike to be angry. Some of us have been taught that it is our right to be angry, and thus our anger is celebrated. So much of my work with this in meditation was actually about learning to be embodied, learning to bring awareness back to all the bodies that manifest for me, not just the physical body, which is the key manifestation of our bodies, but my mental body, my spiritual body, my energetic body. I needed to come back to start learning how to move the energy of anger through my system. Instead of saying I was mad, I had to learn to start saying I've been hurt while identifying the energy of anger around my hurt. I started learning how to take care of myself. Again, that was Lama Rod Owens. Who's angry this morning? There is no shame in that. Who's angry at the state of our city, our country, our state, our world this morning? Who's angry at something that is just swirling around and around and around in your mind that you know you should let go of, but there it is again and again? The most absurd things, right? (laughs) Who's mad and you don't even know why? 
And this last one, who's been taught that you need to stuff your anger deep down inside that it's not right to express it or feel it? What is your relationship to anger? Either your own anger or others. Think about it for a minute. Hmm. <laughs> like you heard in the reading this morning, the Buddhist teacher, Lama Rod Owens, had a journey before him to reconnect with anger when everything inside of him told, it was, told him it was dangerous. Now, I cannot speak for Rod Owens, but I know through his writings that he still struggles. He still struggles with not only the real implications of being black and angry, but the vicious stereotypes surrounding him, that of the angry black man. But he lifts up some other important considerations. It isn't just black people in America who are deemed dangerous when they're angry. It goes beyond that. And it goes beyond danger, too. Women are often characterized as going off the rails, being too emotional, not thinking rationally. Do you resonate with that? Yeah. White men in America are characterized as strong-willed. Or, oh, he just get, likes to get his way. Many segments of our population are in real pain and expressing anger only to be told, calm down. Many others still think that it is impolite to be angry, to express anger, to even give a hint of anger. There's guilt at being angry in the first place. Others, too, seem to always be angry, never letting go, never finding resolution, always on the lookout for that next thing to be disappointed in. If we spent our day on the nuances of anger in our culture, who is allowed and when and how, who is not allowed, passive aggression, and this isn't going into road rage or anger and violence we see on airplanes and drive throughs in stores or elsewhere, we're not even scratching the surface here. We could just end our time here, here together with some of the stuff you can find in self-help books, books that sound a lot alike. Wisdom that boils down to a sorta Buddhist remedy for our anger, all with one goal in mind, how to not be angry. We could all be happy for a few minutes at the end of today's service until we get in our cars <laughs> and try to turn left on Clay's Mill after the service. Turn on the news. Think of some small slight and blow it out of proportion and confront the baggage around anger in our culture that is always visiting itself upon us. Now, I don't know about you, a few minutes of bliss sound great. But maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. I prefer the rockier path. Trust me, it's ultimately the easier one. Just mind your step. I am an angry person. Like Lama Rod Owens, I was taught, and I don't know by whom, to stuff that anger deep down inside of me if I wasn't with my family. Unlike Rod Owens, I'll never know the black experience in America, but I do know the gay experience in America. I know that many gay men, not all, but I'm included among them, fall victim to the best little boy syndrome. Always be the smartest, always be polite, 
always excel, always onward and upward. Don't pay attention to me. No, no, don't look this way. I will just smile and make a joke of it and bury my anger. Any oppression, any worry or fear, deep, deep, deep. And I find it to be funny in a tragic way because I come from a really angry family. Anger was our go-to emotion. Why are you angry? We're not, we're happy. <laughs> Many a holiday would pass with fights and yelling and my uncle point, I remember this so clearly, pointing his fork at the children and lecturing them on religion and politics. Who has that uncle? Hmm. Many of my relatives thought the world was out to get them and every slight, every infraction, every misstep was a call to arms, a call to yell, a call to scream, a call to get your due. And maybe it's because we are part of a subculture that is known for being angrier and louder. Or maybe we were all just upset and never learned how to deal with it. I think it's a little bit of both and more. So afraid was I during my childhood of upsetting friends, teachers, acquaintances, I would bury my head in the sand, which ultimately led to people being upset with me anyway. So afraid was I that people would learn who I really was, that I'd be rejected and shunned as I've seen others be rejected and shunned. That fear is not entirely unjustified and it exists today still. And I am always on the lookout for some type of symbol or language that lets me know I won't be rejected. Underneath it all, this avoidance to anger, here, here's, here's the reality that I experienced. When I was a chaplain, my chaplain su supervisor knew who I was immediately. She once told me, I can see it, Brian. I can see that on the surface you are as cool as a clam. Nothing can shake you. But I can also see the hurricane of rage underneath. She knew. She'd seen and felt it before. She had been there herself as a lesbian woman who also grew up in an angry family. She was absolutely right about me. Since that time, my own life's internal work has been to stop avoiding the hurricane and sail the waves of rage in the hopes that confronting them will lead to a period of calm, only for the hurricanes to arrive once more. But at least I'll be prepared. We're never done. Anger cannot and should not be ignored. Our work is to steward it, to channel it. Now, I wish I could say that I am 100% effective at this myself, but there is many a time it gets the best of me. When you look closer at these experiences, whether mine or Rod Owens or your own experience, you can start to see a universal experience that goes by many names. There's different intensities to it depending on who you are, but many of us can probably relate to this. So I wonder again, what is your relationship to anger? What's your family's relationship to anger? How does that impact you every day? I ask this knowing that anger is so much more complex than a simple word, anger. There's a pillow in my office that I, I brought this morning, um, and here it is, and here. I saw this in a therapist's office a long time ago. It's the wheel of emotions. 
cognitive behavioral, behavioral therapy 101 this morning. And anger is so much more multifaceted than a single word. And this is just an oversimplification here. It goes by many names. Point at the wheel of emotion and name the flavor of your anger this morning. It never is just anger, period. It can be critical anger, skeptical, sarcastic, distant anger, suspicious, withdrawn, frustrated anger, irritated, infuriated, aggressive anger, hostile, provoked, mad anger, enraged, furious, hateful anger, violated, resentful, threatened anger, jealous, insecure, hurt anger, devastated, embarrassed. For Rod Owens, his anger was a mix of all of these and then some. He had to do the work of identifying where he had been hurt. And it doesn't mean the hurt goes away completely, but it means that we can tend to the wounds visible or not. Now his core practice in this was embodiment of healing the disconnection between heart and mind, body and soul, physical and mental, of breaking down the compartments he created in his life. Over here is where Rod is angry, and I'm going to ignore that. But I'm happy-go-lucky right over here, and that's what you see every day. For him as a Buddhist teacher, that embodiment was primarily through the practice of mindfulness. Meditate while you are angry, he says. Sit in the silence, count your breaths when you're mad as a hornet, when you're hurt. When you're experiencing the myriad expressions of anger, sit with the anger. Identify the hurt. Find the wound. There's a strain of thought in some Western expressions of Buddhism or other Dharmic faiths that makes it sound like meditation is all about peace. All about just pure quiet. All about gentleness. Soft babbling brooks, the wind and the leaves, a teacher that talks like this. <laughs> this is your road to happiness, friends. Pure happiness. Only happiness. Rod Owens and other black Buddhist teachers like Angel Kyoto Williams and Ruth King will be quick to remind us that they are often furious when they meditate. They are hurt. And any look over the collected teachings of Buddhist teachers from China, India, Japan, Korea, it'll quickly show you that mindfulness is full of emotion. Enlightenment stories that are rooted in people losing limbs, breaking legs in war and famine, flinging excrement. Can you believe that? A lot of Buddhist enlightenment stories about flinging excrement here. <laughs> Shouting, rolling on the war floor, laughing, deep unrelenting sadness on deathbeds, and yes, in the quiet too. That's part of it. For Rod Owens, it is when we give space for all of our emotions, in this case, anger, we find a path of liberation. The more we give space, the more we don't try to fix our anger or give into its call, the more another way emerges. For Owens, he calls it the way of love. When you heal the disembodiment, the disembodiment that we are enculturated into, we can learn to love our whole selves. Not just our joyous selves, but our angry selves, our sad selves, happy, fearful, surprised, loving selves. And there, once we can learn to love our whole selves, 
And it sounds easy, right? Just, oh, just love yourself, right? But let me tell you, loving my angry self and giving space for that anger to be used constructively is not easy. When I'm angry, I'm angry, and who has time for love? But still we must try. The benefits are manifold. Bell Hooks, the late great black womanist and feminist scholar and also a Kentuckian, she visited this church here and there, throughout, although she made her home in Berea. She wrote in her phenomenal book all about love. She writes to us, Love redeems. Despite all the lovelessness that surrounds us, nothing has been able to block our longing for love. The intensity of our yearning, the understanding that love redeems, appears to be a resilient aspect of the heart's knowledge. The healing power of redemptive love lures us and calls us toward the possibility of healing. As Unitarian Universalists, we're all contemplating what on earth does redemptive love mean to us? Wherever that conversation goes, I would contend that as a nation, we should grapple with that. What is redemptive love? Communities and cultures that have resisted oppression know it. It's a knowledge that is deep inside, a wisdom that is in your very bones. And for bell hooks, Redemptive love is the kind of love that heals our minds, our bodies, our souls, our communities, our cultures, our nations, our world. Both Bell Hooks and Rod Owens have wrestled with the cynicism about love. Hooks writes of this cynicism. I began thinking and writing about love when I heard cynicism instead of hope in the voices of young and old. Cynicism is the greatest barrier to love. It is rooted in doubt and despair. Fear intensifies our doubt. It paralyzes. Faith and hope allow us to let go. You could easily change out fear with anger. The two are often interrelated. The cynicism Bell Hooks is speaking of, it regards love boiling down to, I'm going to stop for a second. I have said this every single Sunday this month about oppressed communities defining love. The wider culture is a cynical culture, and that is what I believe wholeheartedly. And as you use, as we are defining love, we're going, ah, oh, that's just wishy-washy. But ask any community that has endured, they know what love is. They know how to identify that love. It doesn't need to be on a placard, but look to the lessons there. I look to these luminaries of love. Bell Hooks and Rod Owens, both representing different religious traditions, both coming from different but related experiences as black Americans, one passed into memory and one still with us, both still teaching in their own way. I look to them and see that cynicism challenged. I see it challenged in their words and their lives. If you've ever met Bell Hooks, whether she visited here or elsewhere, she was comfortable in her own skin. She was still angry and discontent with the injustices of the world, but that anger and discontent was given space. It was redirected. It was a power that she put into her work, her call, for to harness the power of redemptive love, for that possibility of healing ourselves and our world. That's what's available to all of us. A healing power that not only gets us right with ourselves, but right with our communities.
Owens reminds us that it all begins with our breathing, right? He's a good Buddhist here. Begins with our breathing, feeling how our bodies feel. When's the last time you just sat and paid attention, intimate attention, to how you really felt? Tension here or there, pain here or there, fears and doubts and joys and all of it. Just feel it. Next time you're angry, pause. Give space. Become familiar with your anger instead of letting your anger call the shots. God, that is a hard thing to do. I'm angry about a million things this morning, right? But it is worth it. I reckon I will struggle and work with my own anger, my relationship with it for the rest of my life. But the more I give it space, the more I can identify what exactly the hurt is, what the wound looks like, and how I most desire for myself and others compassionate care to heal those wounds, that is what Bell Hooks calls redemptive love. Love and rage and sadness and all of the emotions that make us who we are need not be compartmentalized. They need not be stuffed away, hidden, shameful things. They are a part of us. We need only pay attention, give space, and want that healing and hope for others too. Cynicism will always be with us, but its caustic effects don't have to eat us from the inside out. Hope over fear, love over cynicism, never easy but completely worth it for everyone. As Rod Owens puts it, dwell in spaces that love you. Burn incense, another good Buddhist thing. Pray, repeat, dwell in spaces that love you. May your anger be given space and not control you. May you dwell in spaces that love you. May you heal. May our communities heal. May we do so with redemptive love. Blessed be, dear friends. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.ucl.org where you can find more information about our grounds, staff, and upcoming events. You can also subscribe to our e-news there and learn about our virtual service offerings. We'll see you next week.